What has gone wrong? Why is it that people meet everything new reluctantly and with fear rather than with eager joy? The new does not arise out of you, it comes from the beyond. It is not part of you. Your whole past is at stake. The new is discontinuous with you, hence the fear. <clears throat> you have lived in one way, you have thought in one way, you have made a comfortable life out of your beliefs. Then something new knocks on the door. Now, your whole past pattern is going to be disrupted, disturbed. If you allow the new to enter you, oh, if you allow the new to enter, you will never be the same again. The new will transform you. It is risky. One never knows where you will end with the new. The old is known, familiar. You have lived with it for long. You are acquainted with it. The new is unfamiliar. It may be the friend, it may be the enemy, who knows? And there is no way to know. The only way to know is to allow it. Hence, the apprehension, the fear. And you cannot remain rejecting it either, because the old has not given you yet what you seek. The old has been promising, but the promises have not been fulfilled. The old is familiar, but miserable. The new is maybe going to be uncomfortable, but there is a possibility. It may bring bliss to you. So you cannot reject it either, and you cannot accept it. Hence, you waver, you tremble, great anguish arises in your being. It is natural, nothing has gone wrong. This is how it has always been. This is how it will always be. Try to understand the appearance of the new. Everybody in the world wants to become new. Because nobody is satisfied with the, with the old. Nobody can ever be satisfied with the old because whatsoever it is, you have known it. Nobody can ever be satisfied with the old because whatsoever it is, you have known it. Once known it, once known, it has become repetitive. Once known, it has become boring, monotonous. You want to get rid of it. You want to explore. You want to adventure. You want to become new. And yet, when the new knocks on the door, you shrink back. You withdraw. You hide in the old. This is the dilemma. How do we become new? And everybody wants to become new. 
Courage is needed and not ordinary courage. Extraordinary courage is needed and the world is full of cowards. Hence, people have stopped growing. How can you grow if you are a coward? With each new opportunity, you shrink back, you close your eyes. How can you grow? How can you be? You only pretend to be. And because you cannot grow, you have to find substitute growth. You cannot grow, but your bank balance can grow. That's a substitute. It needs no courage. It is perfectly adjusted with your cowardliness. Your bank balance goes on growing and you start thinking that you're growing. You become more respectable. Your name and fame go on growing. Your name and fame go on growing. And you think you are growing. You are simply deceiving yourself. Your name is not you. Neither is your fame you. <clears throat> your bank balance is not your being. But if you think of the being, you start shaking. Because if you want to grow there, then you have to drop all cowardice. <clears throat> How do we become new? We do not become new of ourselves. Newness comes from the beyond, say, from God. Newness comes from existence. Mind is, is always old. Mind is never new. It is the accumulation of the past. Newness comes from the beyond. It is a gift from God. It is from the beyond. And it is of the beyond. The unknown and the unknowable, the beyond, has ingressed into you. It has ingressed into you because you are never sealed and set apart. You're not an island. You may have forgotten the beyond, but the beyond has not forgotten you. The child may have forgotten the mother. The mother has not forgotten the child. The part may have started thinking, I'm separate, but the whole known that you're not separate. But the whole knows that you are not separate. The whole has ingressed in you. It is still in contact with you. That's why the new goes on coming, although you don't welcome it. It comes every morning. It comes every evening. It comes in a thousand and one ways. If you have eyes to see, you will see it continuously coming to you. God goes on showering on you, but you're enclosed in your past. You're almost in a kind of grave. You have become insensitive. Because of your cowardliness, 
you have lost your sensitivity. To be sensitive means the new will be let, will be felt. And the thrill of the new <clears throat> and the passion for the new and the adventure will arise and you will start moving into the unknown, not knowing where you are going. Mind thinks it is mad. Mind thinks it is not rational to leave the old. But God is always the new. That's why we cannot use past tense or future tense for God. <clears throat> we cannot say God was. We cannot say God will be. We can only use the present. God is. It is always fresh, virgin, and it has ingress in you. Remember, anything new coming into your life is a message from God. If you accept it, you are religious. If you reject it, you are irreligious. Man needs just to relax a little more to accept the new, to open up a little more to let the new in. Give way to God entering you. That is the whole meaning of prayer or meditation. You open up. You say yes. You say come in. You say I've been waiting and waiting and I'm thankful that you have come. Always receive the new with great joy. Even if sometimes the new leads you into inconvenience, still it is worth it. Even if Sometimes the new leads you into some ditch. Still, it is worth it because only through errors one learns and only through difficulties one grows. The new will bring difficulties. That's why you choose the old. It does not bring any difficulties. It is a consolation. It is a shelter. And only the new, accepted deeply and totally, can transform you. You cannot bring the new in your life. The new comes. You can either accept it or reject it. If you reject it, you remain a stone, closed and dead. If you receive it, you become a flower. You start opening, and in that opening is celebration. Only the entry of the new can transform you. There is no other way of transformation. But remember, it has nothing to do with you and your efforts. But to do nothing is not to cease to act. But to do nothing is not to cease to act. It is to act without will or direction or impulse from your past. But to do nothing is not to cease to act. It is to act without will or direction or impulse from your past. The search for the new cannot be an ordinary search because it is for the new. How can you search for it? You don't know it. You have never met it. 
The search for the new is going to be just an open exploration. Exploration. One knows not. One has to start in a state of not knowing, and one has to move innocently like a child, thrilled with the possibilities. And infinite are the possibilities. You cannot do anything to create the new, because whatsoever you will do, whatsoever you do, will be of the old, will be from the past. But that does not mean that you have to cease to act. It is to act without will or direction or impulse from your past. Act without any will or direction. Or impulse from the past, and that is to act meditatively, act spontaneously. Let the moment be decisive. You don't impose your decision because the decision will be from the past and it will destroy the new. You don't impose your decision because the decision will be from the past and it will destroy the new. You just act in the moment like a child. Utterly abandon yourself to the moment and you will find every day new openings, new light, new insight, and those new insights will go on changing you. One day, suddenly, you will see you are. Each moment. Suddenly, one day, suddenly you will see you are each moment new. The old no more lingers. The old no more hangs around you like a cloud. You are like a dewdrop, fresh and young. Remember, a Buddha lives moment to moment. It is as if a wave rises in the ocean, a majestic wave. With great joy and dance, it comes up. With hope and dreams to touch the stars, then the play for the moment, and then the wave disappears. It will come again. It will have another day. It will gain dance and gain. It will be gone. So is God. Comes disappears, comes again, disappears. So is the Buddha consciousness. Each moment it comes, acts, responds, and is gone. Again, it comes and is gone. It is atomic. Between two moments, there is a gap. In that gap, Buddha disappears. I say a word to you, then I disappear. Then I say another word, and I'm here, I'm there, and then I disappear again. I respond to you, and then I'm no more. The response is again there, and I'm no more. Those intervals, those emptiness, those emptinesses keep one utterly fresh, because only death can keep you absolutely alive. You die once after 70 years. Naturally, you accumulate 70 years garbage. A Buddha dies every moment, 
So no garbage is accumulated. Nothing is accumulated. Nothing is ever possessed. That's why Buddha said the other day that to possess monks is to be a fraud. Because possession is of the past. Not to possess monks. Not to possess monks is to be a Buddha. Just think of it, each moment arising, just like a breath. You breathe in, you better out, you breathe out. You breathe in again, you breathe out again. Each breath coming in is life, and each breath going out is death. You are born with each incoming breath. You die with each outgoing breath. Let each moment be a birth and death, then you'll be new. But this is new, but this new has nothing to do with your past, your will, your direction, your impulse. It is to act spontaneously. It is not reaction, but response. All that is done out of the past is old. So that one can of oneself do nothing new. To see this is to be done with the old and with the past and with yourself. That is all we can do, but it is everything, it is all. Upon the ending of the old, the new may follow. It may not. It does not matter. The very fish, the very wish for the new. Is an old wish, then one is utterly open. Even to ask for the new is an old wish. A Buddha is not even asking for the new. There is no desire for anything that it should be like this. If there is a desire, you will manage it like that. You will impose yourself upon it. Self life, see life. Desirelessly, see life without any conditions. See life as it is. Ya sa bhutan, and you'll be continuously renewed, rejuvenated. That is the real meaning of resurrection. If you understand that this will be the this is the real meaning of resurrection. If you understand. This, if you understand this, you will be free from money.、Uh, you will free from memory, psychological memory. That is, memory is a dead thing. Memory is not truth and cannot ever be, because truth is always alive. Truth is life. Memory is persistence of that which is no more. It is living in a ghost world. But it contains us. It is our prison. In fact, it is us. Memory creates the not, the complex called I, the ego. And naturally, this false entity called I is continuously afraid of death. That's why you are afraid of the new. This I is afraid. Not really you. 
the begin the being has no fear, but the ego has fear because the ego is very much afraid of dying. It is artificial. It is arbitrary. It is put together. It can fall apart any moment. And when the new enters, there is fear. The ego is afraid. It may fall apart. Somehow, it has been managing to keep itself together, to keep itself in one piece. And now something new comes. It will be a shattering thing. That's why you don't accept the new with joy. The ego cannot accept its own death with joy. How can it accept its own death with joy? Unless you have understood that you are not the ego, you will not be able to receive the new. Once you have seen that the ego is your past memory and nothing else, that you are not your memory. That memory, that memory is just like a biocomputer, that it is a machine, a mechanism, utilitarian, but you are beyond it. You are consciousness, you are consciousness, not memory. Memory is content in consciousness. You are consciousness itself. For example, you see somebody walking on the road. You remember the face, but you can't remember the name. If you are the memory, you should remember the name too. But you say, I recognize the face, but I don't remember the name. Then you start looking in your memory. You go inside your memory. You look to this side, to that side, and suddenly the name bubbles up. And you say, yes, this is his name. Memory is your record. You are the one who is looking into the record. You are not the memory itself. And it happens many times that if you become too tense about remembering something, it becomes difficult to remember. Because the very transition, the very strain upon your being does not allow the memory to realize memory to release its information to you you try and try to remember somebody's name and it doesn't come even though you say it is just on the tip of the tongue you know that you know but still the name is not coming now this is strange if you are memory then who is preventing you and how is it not coming? And who is this who says, I know, but still it is not coming. And then you try hard, and the harder you try, the more difficult it becomes. Then, fed up with the whole thing, you go into the garden for a walk, and suddenly looking at the rose bush, it is there, it has surfaced. Your memory is not you. You are consciousness. Memory is content. But memory is the whole life energy of the ego. Memory is, of course, old, and it is afraid of the new. The new may be disturbing. The new may be such that it may be not be digestible. The new may bring some trouble. You will have to shift 
and reshift yourself. You will have to readjust yourself. That seems odious. Odious. To be new, one needs to become disidentified with the ego. Once you are, you once you are disidentified with the ego, you don't care whether it dies or lie. It dies or lives. In fact, you know that whether it lives or dies, it is already dead. It is a mechanism. Use it, but don't be used by it. The ego is continuously afraid of death because it is arbitrary. Hence the fear. It does not arise out of being. It cannot arise out of being because being is life. How can life be afraid of death? Life knows nothing of death. It arises out of the arbitrary, the artificial, the somehow put together, the force, the pseudo, and yet it is such it is just such letting go, just that death that makes a man alive. To die in the ego is to be born into being, into God. The new is a messenger from God. The new is a message from existence. It is a gospel. Listen to the new. Go with the new. I know you are afraid. In spite of the fear, go with the new and your life will become richer and richer and you will be able one day to release the imprisoned splendor. Sometimes after an experience of meditation, I feel tremendously good and bright. And then I'm afraid to get influenced again by people so that I fall back again into my old mind. Can you say something about energies and experiences and how can we and how we can move in the marketplace without getting influenced by other people who have not such good energy? The most basic thing to remember is that when you are feeling good in a good in a mood of ecstasy, don't start thinking that it is going to be your permanent state. Leave the moment as joyful, as cheerful as possible, knowing perfectly well that it has come and it will go. Just like a breeze comes in your house with all its fragrance and freshness and goes out from the other door. This is the most fundamental thing. If you start thinking in terms of making your ecstatic moments permanent, you have already started destroying them. When they come, be grateful. When they leave, be thankful to existence. Remain open. It will happen many times. Don't be judgmental. Don't be a chooser. Remain choiceless. Yes, there will be moments when you will be miserable. So what? There are people who are miserable and who have not even known a single moment of ecstasy. You are fortunate. Even in your misery, remember that it, it is not going to be permanent.
it will also pass away. So don't get too disturbed by it. Remain at ease, just like day and night. There are moments of joy and there are moments of sadness. Accept them as part of the duality of nature. Is the very way things are. You are simply a watcher. Neither do you become happiness nor do you become misery. Happiness comes and goes. Misery comes and goes. One thing remains always there, always and always, and that is the watcher, one who witnesses. Slowly, slowly get more and more centered into the watcher. Days will come and nights will come, leaves will come and death will come, success will come, failure will come. But if you are centered in the watcher, because that is the only reality in you, everything is a passing phenomenon. Just for a moment, try to feel what I am saying. Just be a watcher. Do not cling to any moment because it is beautiful and do not push any moment away because it is miserable. Stop doing that, that you have been doing for lives. That you have been doing for lives. You have not been successful yet and you will never be successful ever. The only way to go beyond, to remain beyond is to find a place from where you can watch all these changing phenomena without getting identified. Now, this is it. The only way to go beyond, to remain beyond, is to find a place from where you can watch all these changing phenomena without getting identified without getting identified. You are not the phenomena. You are just a watcher. You are watching phenomena. I will tell you an ancient Sufi story. A king asked his wise man in the court, I'm making a very beautiful ring for myself. I have one of the best diamonds possible. I want to keep hidden inside the ring some message that may be helpful to me in a time of utter despair. Despair. It has to be very small so that it can be hidden underneath the diamond in the ring. They were all wise men. They all were great scholars. They could have written great treatises. But to give him a message of not more than two or three words which would help him in moments of utter despair, they thought, they looked into their books, but they could not find anything. The king had an old servant who was almost like his father. He had been his father's servant, the king's mother had died early, and this servant had taken care of him. So he was not treated like a servant. The king had immense respect for him. The old man said, I'm not a wise man, 
knowledgeable scholarly 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 but I know the message because there is only one message and these people cannot give it to you it can be given only by a mystic by a man who has realized himself in my long life in the palace I have come across all kinds of people and once a mystic he had also been a guest of your father, and I was put into his service. When he was departing as a gesture of thankfulness for all my services, he gave me this message, and the old man wrote it on a small piece of paper. He folded, he folded and told the king, don't read it. Just keep it hidden in the ring. Only open it when everything else has failed, when there is no way out. The time came soon. The country was invaded and the king lost his kingdom. He was running away on his horse just to save his life and the enemy horses were following him. He was alone. They were many. He came to a place where the path stopped, came to a dead end. There was only a cliff and a deep valley. To fall into the fall into it was to be finished. He could not go back. The enemy was there and he could not he could hear the sound of hooves of the horses. He could not go forward, and there was no other way. Suddenly, he remembered the ring. He opened it, took out the paper, and there was a small message of tremendous value. It simply said, This too will pass. A great silence came over him as he read the sentence, This too will pass. And it passed. Everything passes away. Nothing remains in this world. The, the enemies who were following him must have got lost in the forest, must have taken a different path. The sound of hooves of their horses faded slowly and then could not be heard anymore. The king was immensely grateful to the servant and to the, to the unknown mystic. Those words proved miraculous. He folded the paper, put it back into the ring, gathered his armies again, and reconquered his kingdom. He reconquered his kingdom. And the day he was entering his capital, victorious, there was great celebration all over the capital, music, dance. He was feeling very proud of himself. The old man was there and was walking by the side of his chariot. He said to the king, this time is also right. Look again at the message. The king said, what do you mean? Now I'm victorious. People are celebrating. I'm not in despair. I'm not in a situation where there is no way out. 
the old man said, Listen, this is what the saint has said to me. This message is not only for despair, it is also for pleasure. This is not only for when you are defeated, it is also for when you are victorious. Not only when you are the last, but also when you are the first. And the king opened the ring and read the message. This too will pass. And suddenly the same peace, the same silence, amidst the crowds, jubilating, celebrating, dancing, jubilating, celebrating, dancing. But the pride, the ego was gone. Everything passes away. The king asked his old servant to come on the chariot and sit with him. He asked, Is there anything more? Everything passes away? Your message has been immensely helpful. The old man said, The third thing this saint said, Remember, everything passes. Only you remain. You remain forever as a witness. So, this is the answer to your question. Everything passes, but you remain. You are the reality. Everything else is just a dream. Beautiful dreams are there. Nightmares are there. <laughs> but it does not matter whether it is a beautiful dream or a nightmare. What matter is the one who is seeing the dream. The seer, the seer is the only reality. Wow, I like this part so much. So, this is the answer to your question. Everything passes, but you remain. You are the reality. Everything else is just a dream. Beautiful dreams are there, nightmares are there, but it does not matter whether it is a beautiful dream or a nightmare. What matters is the one who is seeing the dream. The, the seer is the only reality. In the East, we don't have anything like philosophy. Scholars have translated the Eastern words, Dasan which means seeing into philosophy, finding no other way to capture its meaning. But they are not at all connected. Philosophy is thinking, not seeing. A blind man can think about light, but cannot see it. The man with eyes can see the light. There is no need to think about it. In the East, there is nothing comparable to philosophy. In the West, there is nothing comparable to Dawson. I have coined my own word to translate Dawson, and that is philosia. Philosia. Philo means love, and sia means to see. Sophie means thinking. Uh-huh. Seer means seeing, and the whole East has been working only in one dimension for 
centuries how to find the seer you cannot go beyond it that is the ultimate everything is in front of it it is behind the whole reality and everything goes on changing you are a child you will become young you will become old you are alive you will be dead everything goes on changing but the seer is something absolutely eternal but the seer is something absolutely eternal just a little glimpse of it and you all your problems will start disappearing because a totally new perspective will arise a new vision a new way of life a new a new way of seeing things seeing people responding to situations and the seer is always present <laughs> okay 24 hours a day whatever you are doing or not doing it is there it has been there for centuries for eternity waiting for you to take note of it perhaps because it has been always there that's why you have forgotten it the obvious is always forgotten remember remember it when you are feeling the well-being uh, euphoria remember it when you are in misery in anguish remember it in all climates in all moods go on remembering it soon you'll be able to remain centered in it there will be no need to remember and that is the greatest day in one's life that day you become enlightened that day you become awakened that day zobra changes into a buddha okay good